0: Hey there, and welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Denise Lee, and I'm a life coach specializing in traumas and addictions. And today we're gonna to be talking about this idea of intimacy and love and finding real companionship with people. This is definitely a special episode for those of you guys who have been dealing with depression or addiction or just have some a lot of unresolved issues that have prevented you from getting close to having a healthy partnership or if you have a health a partnership but it just hasn't been healthy for god knows how long listen to today's episode we're going to be really diving into what that really looks like so whether or not you are in a relationship or you're not this is going to be really great to help strengthen and create bonds and serve as example if you're not in a relationship right now what a healthy relationship looks like we're going to get to all of that coming to you after this short break Hey, 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 and we're back. I'm so glad that you are tuned in and you're dialed in with me today. If you haven't heard of the Introverted Entrepreneur podcast, it is not just designed for introverts or for entrepreneurs. It's designed for anybody who wants to improve how they live their lives and how they communicate with others. There's only three ways that we can communicate with people. We can either seduce people with guilt and shame, we can intimidate people with threats, or we can negotiate with people with love. And I like to do more communication with negotiation. And that's where we're at in this kind of conversation. So if you haven't hit the subscribe or follow button wherever you're listening, go ahead and do that now. That way, as soon as I drop a new episode, I drop episodes usually on Mondays, Wednesdays, on Fridays, you'll be able to listen to one and if you have been listening to this podcast for a while, and you have been enjoying the content, I really want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for just continuing to be on this ride. It's been a journey to learn more about myself and more about what you want and what uh, what you're looking for, because uh, heavens knows there's so much stuff out there. And how do you filter like the good stuff from the crap? So I'm just really Thanking you as a this is like a vote of confidence that you're you're plugged in and you're staying connected, so would you be so kind if you haven't done so already? Would you please write a review wherever you're listening? I know I have a huge fellowship on Amazon as well as Spotify. would love to get a review that way we can amplify this kind of conversation and we can have more people join in also if you haven't done so already, please share this podcast with somebody else that you know could appreciate this. I have had the great appreciation of having some people tag me on Twitter. I am on Twitter, Denise G. Lee, G, the letter G, G. Lee, at Twitter. And I would love to get in the conversation with you. I'm always talking about these things. So if you haven't done so already, connect with me on Twitter. And obviously, you can reach me at my main website, com. There you'll be able to listen to some of my other podcast episodes, be able to read articles, be able to just like learn more about my story and why am I so passionate about love and communication? Why am I so passionate about talking about traumas and addictions? This is, you can find out all that wonderful stuff. And I'm going to leave a link in the show notes below because I want to make sure that you can be able to obviously reach out to me. And I also have some other resources that will be of interest to you. Okay. And then also I would love to hear your voice. If you haven't checked out anchor.fm slash Denise G Lee, check that out there. You'll be able to send me a voicemail message. Please let me know in the beginning or the end of the voicemail message, whether or not I have permission to air your message. I value your privacy. We are talking about some very sensitive issues. So I want to make sure that if you would like to share, but you don't want everybody knowing who you are, I have that, uh, that mechanism in place okay and lastly if you haven't done so already go ahead and follow me on twitter just just saying that out loud (laughs) Uh, i am definitely that's going to be my hub that's going to be where i'm going to be having more of these conversations i know that there's people on threads and instagram and all these other places but I, i i'm just not a facebook person sorry (laughs) <laughs> that's where I'm active that's where I'm live so go ahead and check that out. All right, let's get into today's conversation about nurturing love and what what love really looks like because for a lot of us we people just throw out that word so cavalierly just flipping like oh I love this candle oh I love this tv show oh I like or I've it always kind of freaked me out when people will always say like I love you and like they only know me like for five minutes and so I want to just talk a little bit more about it but first I want to have some more candid conversations with you so about my own life my own experience and what's going on in my life I had somebody ask me the other day they said you know how do I keep up to touch with you. I'm like, well just listen to my podcast. I'm always talking about my life. <laughs> and so this weekend, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm having this conversation with my son. My my son and I and my husband are all going for a family walk. And that's a great intimacy building exercise for those parents in the room. If you're always wondering, like, well, how do I get close to my kid? Well go walking with your kid. Go do some kind of sport to do some type of like exercise that has nothing to do with academics or what's going on in their life. Just talk with them and just listen to them. But anyway so we're all going for a walk. And my son asked me, Mommy, who do you love? And I paused and I thought about it for a second. Because to be, to be totally frank, to be totally honest with you, I didn't really get what love was until I was five plus years sober. And then if I got really even more honest, I didn't think I really understood the depths of love was until I turned 38. And so let's, Put into context, I got married when I was 30. So I was eight. I've been, but I've been in sobriety for the last maybe 15 years, but I didn't really start dialing into what love really looks like until I was 30, until I started dealing with my own more personal development work on a deeper level. Because here's the thing I just just have to throw this out here is that you cannot say that you love people. Or specifically, you say you love you. Can, you're capable of loving while still having grudges and anger and resentment towards other people. It doesn't work that way. You can't be like, well, I love my my sister or my lover or my cousin because they always make me feel good, but I hate this scum of the earth, this other person. Because how in the world can you have intense love for someone but then have hatred for another human being on this planet? Now you can not like certain things about them. That's nothing wrong with that. You can put up types of boundaries and we'll talk a little bit more about that later as uh, as we go on with this conversation. But you cannot sit here and say, you're a loving person, but have intense hatred and resentment and animosity. And it doesn't matter what they did to you. That's something that I didn't really understand until I hit my own late thirties. So going back to the conversation, I'm just like sitting there and I'm pausing, and I'm thinking about my, my son's questions about, Mommy, who do you love? And you know, for me, it, it it's been really an av- evolution about really understanding what love is. So, for those of you guys who aren't familiar with my background, I grew up in a pretty dysfunctional family background where you were only praised when you made others feel at ease, comfortable and never questioned them, never rock their already fragile self-esteem. And so, There was no such thing as vulnerability. There was no such thing as honesty. There was no such thing as being transparent because everyone was on high alert. Everyone was just trying to protect themselves from any perceived threat. And the biggest threat of them all was questioning their sense of worth and purpose and value. So you see, I couldn't face any criticism or any kind of honest feedback from anybody because I was so adamant about keeping everyone away from me arms length emotionally i remember when i would go out to like events even heck even in my 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 early 20s and then someone would compliment me like oh i like your hair i like your outfit or they these pers- these people didn't owe me anything it was just a genuine comment and i and i would do a half smile but in my uh, my mind i was thinking they're just trying to get me there was something that they want from me. And that's why they're just trying to be nice to me. They're trying to close up to me so they can use me. It's just only a matter of time. That's the paranoia. That's the suspicion. That's the pessimism that comes from being in a broken, wounded family with disabled parents, where you're always on guard, where you're always on watch and I have a, a wonderful resource, amazing ad to. I'm going to leave a link in the show notes below about how to rewire your mind because when your mind is constantly thinking about negative things, you're, it's like imagine I took a, a glass or let's say not a glass a mirror and I break it and I give you the mirror and I say, look at yourself in the mirror. And of course, imagine like you have like 5,000 little sh- sharded pieces and your face is reflecting and bouncing in all f- different types of directions. You don't see yourself and more you can't see reality accurately because everything's distorted. Well, that's kind of ha- what happens when you're in a dysfunctional disabled household where left is right, up is down er- and everything is going sideways. And anyway, the whole point I'm trying to make of this is that I couldn't accept honest feedback. I couldn't receive honest feedback because my mind was so negative and so pessimistic. And it was a result of the trauma. It was a result of being in such a very chaotic background. And the only way that I could go to a place of sanity... Because honestly, I can't say I was at sanity and then like I got a little crazy and then came back. Like I was not sane, period. Because my I was neurotic. I had so much anxiety, I so, so much pent up stress. I couldn't see anything. And as a result, I didn't really was able to be present and fully aware of anybody's intention or even what I was doing that was negatively impacting the situation. But sub healing sobriety taught me what love was taught me what reality was, it moreover, it helped me melt away that hard, protective shield that I built up that thing that I thought was keeping me safe, that negativity, that pessimism, that feeling as if everyone's out to get me, was a prison of my own design, and so it takes time to really melt all of those force fields <laughs> of of shame and guilt and pessimism and negativity and to be able to just embrace what love is and for some of us we never really felt love it was never modeled to us their love was always conditional so we're going to have this conversation right now about how to discover love and how to receive love and moreover how to understand about how to unlearn some and very unhealthy things and moreover to express gratitude okay? And so I have some examples that I want to share with you that are going to really help you to be able to receive that love, to nurture that love, and more more than that, to be able to be receptive. And this is a time where I'm going to get a little bit more vulnerable and share with you a story. Uh, it's a true story, by the way. I'll never... Now I'm going to start dating myself. I don't know how uh, young the audience is, how how young you, you may be are, but I'm just going to just say this out loud. When uh, Prince William and his bride, uh, Kate Milton, they still call her Kate Milton. Now I guess they call her Catherine or whatever. I remember when they first got engaged and I remember they were making announcements for getting married. And I remember saying to somebody, about it. They say, oh, it's so great. They're getting married. And I remember pessimistically saying, it's not going to last. And I remember the person just looked at me and didn't say anything. But in my mind, I just thought that anyone who would be in any type of relationship, it was just going to be doomed to failure. It was just a matter of when, not if. And what a terrible, crappy way to be thinking about people. And I, they, they've been married like even longer than me now. Like what? Almost like 13 years or something? 13, 14 years? They've been married for a hot minute. But in my mind, I just could not think about anybody being happy because everyone in my world was unhappy. So that brings me to the number one point that I want to share with you is I want you to, if you want to have good relationship, if you want to nurture love, I want you to, A, I want you to question what love really is. Too many of us have looked to our family or our friends and or our, our TV shows, and we take those often dramatic, chaotic, dysfunctional, just very negative situations and we think we normalize that we just think oh well that's the world no boo boo that's just what you saw on red table talk on facebook or whatever okay or what you see here's the thing i just really want to make this really clear if you have been like me or even if you haven't and you can relate to this i grew up reading a lot of romance novels and unfortunately i saw porn too and in my mind within I didn't have to wait, flip more than two chapters or 10 minutes and then boom, people were falling in love or fall in lust and then be having sexual relationship or there was some sexual tension. And I really thought that that was reality, that you saw someone, your heart fluttered and you, you took off your clothes and then within a, a minute later, then every everyone left and you will never hear or see from them again. Or maybe if you do, it's just only for hookups. That was what I thought love was because that's what I saw on TV. But guess what? Great drama on TV makes lousy relationships in the real world. So I want you to have a very, very hard look at the content that you're looking at online. Like, or heck, even the conversations that you're having with people. Are you talking about relationships or seeing relationships that nurture intimacy, intimacy, respect boundaries and we'll talk a little bit more about what boundaries are being able to have a sense of mutual care and concern or is it more about i'm going to use you and drip you and drain you dry of everything you got and then move on to the next thing i really want you to ask yourself that because for so many of us we've just been in this dis- this dysfunctional spiral of intensity And chaos and confusion, and we've been rubbed up high of those hormones of cortisol and adrenaline and norepinephrine. Those are the stress hormones. And the next thing we know, it's over, and then we're just going. We're feeling deflated, and we're enjoying the, the the melancholy and the sadness of it. And nothing ever happens in terms of our own inner growth or reflection. And we just bounce from one dysfunctional relationship. And because we don't have anything to contradict our narrative about what healthy is, what normal is, what practical is, we are just bound to consider that dysfunctional and sadness is just a a way of life. And we just accept it. Now I want to turn in to read a little excerpt from the book, easy does it dating guides for people recovery. It's by mary faulkner and i want to talk a little bit about boundaries and why it's so important to have boundaries so when this little precursor i'm uh, i'm uh, gonna just give a little paragraph before it talks about boundaries because i just want to give you some context lay out some things and to make sure we really understand what this is so quote addiction breaks down your fences That's pretty much the definition of it, losing control, allowing dangerous things in, going past your limits, not being able to stop even when you want to. Addiction repeatedly puts you at risk, Getting you to cross the line even when your health and safety were at stake. You may have begun crossing these boundaries as a way of medicating painful emotions, but you end up distorting your reasoning skills. Then it was no longer a problem for your addiction to keep the supply lines open because you weren't being nagged by your rational mind. Recovery is all all about reconnecting your natural warning system. It's the we shall intuitively know part of your program. Boundaries define your side of the me and you equation. When you decide to draw the line, it's about protecting and controlling you, not other people. Boundaries based on your preferences, likes and dislikes, are often negotiable, and you can change your mind. In a relationship, for instance, you'll decide how close it is too close as you go. Other boundaries about basic issues are non-negotiables. You know as i think about my my past and some of the things that i've experienced i honestly i mean to be honest with you i didn't really know what boundaries were i always just thought that as long as that they, they were paying attention to me then that was all that mattered and for a lot of us if we want to have love we want to have good relationships it first starts off with the second part is we first talk about questioning what love is. Now, B is loving yourself and loving yourself. is mean having boundaries for yourself. My dear, are you allowing people to trample all over you thinking that if you open yourself up without restriction, without any type of cause for concern, that they'll somehow be able to automatically know your wants and your needs and be able to care for you? If so, I really want you to go back into the time machine of your life and ask yourself, who modeled that? Was that my mom? Was my mom a doormat? Was my dad a pushover? Did I always just see people just bending over backwards and never complaining? Where did I learn to just let people trample over me? Or let's the flip side. Where did you learn to be hyper-aggressive? Did you have a dominating, controlling mom who ruled a household with an iron fist. I was thinking about one particular client. She's a, she's Asian and she grew up in a matriarchal situation where mom was always concerned about every everybody getting no less than a B. And everyone had to make sure that they never embarrassed the family in terms of not looking presentable, not speaking curt- only when spoken to, especially to people with an authority figure. And as a result, my client, she struggled for many, many years about her own voice, her unique identity, because she only just thought that her identity came when her mother gave her nods of approval or affirmation and she dreaded her mother's silent treatment. That was her way of punishing her. Anyway. The whole point I'm trying to make of all of this is that for a lot of us, we never really learned how to love ourselves. We never really learned what's enough. We never really learned about what it looks like to have care and concern for ourselves. Too many of us have been thinking that we either do no work at all because who cares, why bother? Or we overwork and we're over exhausted and we're ruining our health because we've been so busy trying to serve everyone. And so I want to let you know there's a middle ground where we can be able to be care for others while prioritizing our own self-care. And what does that look like? It comes in many different varieties. Like for example, I was thinking about one particular client that I have where she hired people, <laughs> she hired people to do certain things around the office, but she was so afraid of her the body language from her her employees looking upset, a little drained about showing the work, even though they were being paid to do it. She ended up and taking on so much work that it was actually costing her her agency money, because she was so busy trying to take care of the things that her own employees were supposed to be doing. So that was definitely something that needs need needed to be addressed when we first started working with each other. And for a lot of us, we just, we t- we see someone frowning or feeling sad and we think, oh my goodness, I have to be the emotional caretaker of another human being. And the real fact of the matter is, you don't, you don't. Now, it is their responsibility, unless they're a minor under your roof, it's their responsibility as a grown man and woman that they communicate their displeasure. They explain why they feel uncomfortable. It's your job to make a decision based on the things that you they tell you, but you can't mind read and you definitely can't try to do things for them that they should and can't be doing for themselves. One of the things that have caused us to not being able to have good, healthy relationships is that we rob people of their own freedom and autonomy to do different things to take care of their own needs. Here's the thing. We cannot teach people how to love themselves and how to be able to care for themselves. And we're so busy trying to safeguard them and try to swoop in and save the day. It doesn't work that way, my friend. So if you have been in a situation where you're putting way too much effort on trying to love someone to the point where you're actually getting drained, that is such a huge issue. And if you're interested in more information about boundaries, I definitely want to give you another resource. It's called Boundaries by Dr. Cloud and Dr. Townsend. It's a Christian-oriented book. Um, You can always uh, send me a message um, via Twitter if you want any other resources regarding boundaries. Because I, d- I definitely have many, many different uh, resources about boundaries and healthy relationships. But anyway, I, that's one of the books that I really love the most is Boundaries. He does boundaries and dating, boundaries and uh, marriage, so many different boundary books. And then obviously I just mentioned the book Easy Does It, Dating Guide by Mary Faulkner and no you don't have to be uh single to get some good revelations, really good information about boundaries and healthy communication for other people. It's a really good book that that other book that by Mary Faulkner. And the last thing I just want to just say about this idea about love. Love is not an issue where you you do your best, you, even if you have your boundaries, there's no guarantee that another person is going to be able to understand. Here's, here's the thing. The more mature you get emotionally, the more attracted you will to be with healthier people. And the converse is true. The more healthier you get, the less attractive you'll be to emotionally disabled people. I'm really amazed, even in my the midst of my own healing and recovery program for myself, because yes, even though I've been doing this for myself for 15 years, I'm always learning def- something definitely new. And one of the things that I learned from myself was that the more I got healthier emotionally, the more I was disinterested in playing games, unless less I was interested in Trying to vie for affection by any means necessary. And I wasn't interested in playing catch me if you can. I think about one prospective client that I was interacting with. Uh, it was almost a year worth of just games where she would say, I would, I would love to work with you. I want to work with you. And I would say, awesome. And I would give them her resources, which you can find on denisetily.com if you're interested in working with me. And she was like, well, uh, I'm not ready yet, but i like more information about this. I'm like, well, the information's already there. Is there something that I didn't write that you need clarity on or some, or something of that nature? And it was very clear that she was not really committed to her own, own health and her own issues. And in order to love myself, prioritize my own mental health. I said, you know what, when you're ready, please contact me. You have everything you have. Otherwise there's nothing for us to talk to you about. Please continue enjoying listening to this podcast. <laughs> like our, th- my podcast, I would say I was like, and that, that's pretty much it. So for a lot of people, they're not used to having anyone display any boundaries. It really unnerves them. They don't know what that looks like. And so when you're able to be honest and clear about who you are and what you can do and what you can't do, you're going to naturally start to create space for more healthy communications. And the people who are not available for that because of their own issues or for whatever reason, they just are not interested in, in participating in those types of healthy conversations, then you can literally say, hey, look, it's clear that you're a great person, but it's clear that I, I'm i not for you. I don't think we're compatible. I I wish you the best and I hope you find someone that can help you, um, give you the love that you feel that you need at at your level and send them on the way. We're not guilting, We're not shaming people. We're not trying to force people in boxes. They don't want to go. We're opening the doors for them to be go wherever they want. Okay, and so let's kind of just summarize and recap what we have uh, talked about right now is first and foremost, so many of us, we have to really question what love is. What what is it really? What does love really look like? And for so many of us, we have been getting a lot of information from faulty faulty sources, and we haven't been really asking ourselves, was it healthy? Is it normal? Is it practical? And just because we saw all that stuff that was crazy and belonged on a TV screen or it made for great drama didn't mean it was healthy for us. And the other thing that I want you to understand that it's normal if you have come from a dysfunctional disabled background to have no boundaries, to have no sense of, of, of your identity. But here's the thing. You're not serving anybody, especially yourself, by trying to take over things that they should be doing for themselves. And more more than that, we can't be pleased. We can't people please our way into feeling good about ourselves. It only just erases and erodes our own self-worth. So, our sense of self worth comes from doing the best job that we can, okay, and dropping the whole idea of perfectionism and just adopting the idea of excellence. And the last thing that I want to share with you is that one of the things that we need to keep doing is keep being patient with ourselves as we learn, as we grow, and understand that people will not, some people will stay and some people will go. And we're going to send people off in peace. We don't have to have everyone around us who is not able or willing for whatever reason. Well, I know that I talked about so much things about boundaries and purpose and your identity, but I want to hear from you, like, what did you learn the most from this episode or what should I have included in this episode about boundaries and communication and love, especially for someone who's recovering from addiction or is just trying to heal from a traumatic past? Like, I'd love to hear from you. So send me a message via Twitter Denise G Lee, or you can reach me using the links in the show notes below. Well, that is it. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to share with someone else and um, write a review. Well, that's it. Thank you so much. Take care and be awesome.